When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host Kevin DeVries and as always if you'd like to reach us at the podcast you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Alright now we are here with a club update this time talking about Leicester with Jim Knight who you may know from Goal.com or his Twitter at Jim Knight 88. Uh, Jim, not much news really happening this week. Um, the sacking of Bernieri, obviously, the big talking point. But I do want to talk about your Sevilla match first. Always good to talk about the actual football here. Uh, and one of the confusing things about the Bernieri sacking is that that was a fairly good performance for you. Yeah, um, it makes the timing of the Bernieri sacking even more confusing, I think. If the owners had wanted to part company with Bernieri, um from a few weeks back, which it certainly looks like they've been considering for a while, even though they gave him a vote of confidence about three weeks ago, um, which is always the death knell for managers. Like, I can't remember many managers that get a, a vote of confidence from the board and then go on to bigger and better things at that particular job. It normally is just a matter of time from that point onwards. Um, the severe game was a great result in isolation. I think anyone who saw the 90-minute performance knows that Leicester got very, very lucky um, overall. It could have been and probably should have been 3 or 4 nil by half-time. You know, um, Sevilla missed a penalty. Um, they hit the post in the second half. Kasper Schmeichel made several really, really good saves. And particularly before half-time, you know, our defence looked clueless about what to do. Um, I think second half, they looked a bit more organised and motivated, but there were certainly some confusing team selections in there. Um, Ahmed Moussa may well have probably played his last game for Leicester because he was culpable for the first goal and largely woeful for the entire 45 minutes. And, you know, when we get a new manager in, perhaps there'll be a, a level playing field and they won't feel the need to try and justify his £18 million astronomical transfer fee um, like Ranieri did because he was the, the manager that oversaw that business. Um, but yeah, we're still in the Champions League. Uh, we have that vital away goal, thanks to Jamie Vardy's first goal in what seems like forever. Um, and there's just this small matter of trying to beat Sevilla on, on home soil now in three weeks' time, which it's not it's not easy, um, but it's, it could have been far, far worse um, based on the flow of the game. But yeah, in the Ranieri situation... It certainly seems as if this is not a snap decision made off the back of that uh, 2-1 defeat uh, at the Santos Pichuan, which would make you question why it wasn't done perhaps after the Swansea City game, um, where we lost 2-0 at Liberty, because that would have given them a bit more time. They had a cup game in between um, that and the next league game, so it would have given them a bit more time to find an appointment. And you know, off the back of that performance, which was really dismal to a relegation rival, it would have made a bit more sense because I think that's probably what's caused a lot of upset as well, um, you know, within the wider footballing community. The fact that 
it's off the back of what in isolation seems a half-decent result, uh, which makes it kind of more difficult for people to swallow, I guess. Yeah, and (laughs) fans from other clubs seemed very upset, perhaps more so than Leicester fans. But let's start with your opinion of Ranieri's time and his dismissal from the club. Um, Ranieri, for me, will always be probably, you know, our most legendary manager because of what he's achieved um, in the last nine months and winning a a maiden top flight title, which in all honesty, a club of Leicester stature will probably never win again. Um, It will always be a club that have more financial um, and worldwide appeal because they then have the finances to um, run an operation which allows you to compete at that level consistently. Um, So for that, you know, I think I speak for all Leicester fans. I can't think of of any personally that you know that I know or have spoken to um, that would not say there's a huge appreciation there for what Ranieri did. But I think you've seen over the last few weeks um, there is a growing discontent within some areas of the fan base that some obviously are fiercely loyal because of what he's achieved and believe that he should have been given the opportunity to take the side down if that's what it had come to and been given, you know, six months in the championship or whatever to try and turn things around. But ultimately, um, as much as people um, respect Claudio and his achievements in the last uh, year and a half at, at the football club, the owners, um, the Thai owners and the King Power um, exec- executives are in this business for, well, PR primarily, uh, to, to own a cl- football club which helps further their their global brand, which has done. Um, they're worth, I think it's $4 billion now, uh, net worth compared to kind of $300 million, uh, four or five years ago. So, you know, the, the, the Premier League has been brilliant for them in terms of on the f- pitch and off the pitch. And I think in terms of um, their business interests and, the, you know, not having the club relegated with an astronomic wage bill, which in itself is, you know, hugely risky anyway. Like you look at some of the clubs that have been relegated in that situation um, in the past kind of decade or 20 years um, and trying to get back up again. And some of them have disappeared almost out of existence. Um, I'm not saying that would have happened to Leicester because we're debt free thanks to the way the owners have, have paid off a lot of the um, debts from the priest uh, from before they bought the club. But um, there is obviously a huge downside to being relegated um, financially in terms of the lack of the the Premier League money, which goes up every year and handing out new contracts to almost every member of the first team and signing players like Islam Soleimani, Ahmed Musa, who are probably taking home 80, 90, 100,000 pounds a week together with three or four other members of the squad, which you just can't sustain in the second tier. So as much as, you know, we appreciate what Claudio has done, it leaves a sour taste because it's a shame it had to end like that. But ultimately, I can see why the decision was made. And I thank Claudio for what he's done. But I can see why it's happened. And I understand it from an ownership point of view, as much as I appreciate that might be difficult to see from kind of external um, point of view if you're just looking at the headlines of manager wins the league struggles next season but gets through to the last 16 of the Champions League and is sacked yeah it, it does seem strange from an external perspective but uh, from an internal perspective last season especially when we had you on we constantly were asking you you know how were Leicester doing this it didn't seem possible for pretty much the last 20 some weeks of the season 
that you kept it up. So conversely, what's happened this season that's caused such a plummet? I think it's probably not what I, I think it's very difficult to put your finger on one particular element. It's a number of different factors that I think have, have combined. I think the first thing to say, and it would be remiss for me to say anything but this is my my opening point, but we, in terms of running hot, to use a, a bookmaking analogy, we ran hotter than the centre of the sun. Um, so, yes, there was a plan there and we played extremely well and we 100% deserved the title that we won. There was always going to be some regression to the mean in terms of, um playing on the pitch results um we obviously lost N'Golo Kante who I think his influence on the side is now only truly being recognized that he's doing exactly the same thing and guiding Chelsea to the title but also Leicester have been left so soft-centered without him that it's kind of impossible to ignore what he was doing last year even if it wasn't as lauded at the time as it possibly should have been um, I think he's getting the plaudits now at Chelsea that ultimately he probably earned more so last year in a team that position for position and player for player is largely inferior. Um, and they're going to achieve the same thing, which you know is testament to him and what he can do. Um, I think there are man management style being well suited to the situation that he was in last year where they came into a really positive environment off the back of a kind of um, miracle um, safety season where we were dead and buried with kind of 10 games to go and managed to stay up. So he was riding a crest of a positive wave there and it just kind of spiralled. And he is obviously very good at getting the best out of the players when the thing when things are going well. I think there's a question mark over whether he could have turned that around when things went bad. And I think those questions were answered um, with the issues around the player performances this year. Like, it's not Ranieri's fault that the players weren't performing, but the way in football is that the manager is the one who takes responsibility for that. And actually, his post-mass press conferences where he keep kept insisting we were unlucky, um, that we were doing the right things, and it was just very difficult to recover from two and three goal deficits. Yeah, of course it is. That's football for you. You can't you can't say it's easy to recover from a two or three goal deficit. The problem is you let yourself get into that deficit in the first place and don't have a way out of it. Um, and I think the, the performances over the last few weeks have shown that potentially he didn't know how to change it. You know, the tactical changes and the tinkering with the starting eleven over the last couple of months have become a real problem. And I think for better or for worse, whether you think this is a good thing or not, that has really demoralised a lot of the players. Um, because they feel like there's not much point in in you know attempting to get the best out of the system when they don't believe it's going to work. Um, now that isn't what a lot of fans will want to hear, but I think it's clear to see that on the pitch, what we achieved last year was at the very top of what we're capable of. What we've been achieving since kind of the turn of the year and maybe even the beginning of December, bar the Man City game, um, is very much at the very bottom of what our uh, lower end of potential was and there's a ha- there's a happy with a manager that you know has a better relationship with the players because I think there was a breakdown there um, in the past few months and there's certain players that it's rumoured that you know just didn't want to play for Ranieri anymore and when you lose the dressing room like that if you're looking at that from an ownership situation what other choice do you have do you let the club be relegated with you know under 30 points which I can absolutely guarantee you would have happened this year 
you only have to look at the way that we've played recently and there is absolutely no way we were going to get out of it. Uh, we might not still. It might still be that we get relegated with 30-odd points this year, depending on who we bring in and how it changes um, off the back of that. But at least we've given ourselves a chance to stay in the top tier and not lose out on that £100 million uh, worth of revenue and put ourselves into kind of further financial difficulty um, going down the line. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I can't help but notice how uh, level-headed and insightful your takes on all of this is while fan bases that aren't your own are screaming about disloyalty and how horrible it is that Leicester have treated Ranieri this badly after he won you the title. Uh, why do you think there's so much external outrage about this? I think, uh, well, firstly, thank you very much for saying how level-headed it is. <laughs> to be honest, I've had a long time to think about it. Um, so I think, you know, we, we've been through the seven stages of grief um, as Leicester fans in the last kind of few months. And that sounds nuts considering the, the start of the season and the, the, you know, the sheer ecstasy around the club and the city and England in general, because we became everyone's second team last year, um, which I think is part of the reason why fans are struggling so much to see why the owners have done what they've done and everyone is entitled to their opinion you know i'm 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 not going to slag anyone off for um getting on the backs of the owners or the club or whatever and it has generated a lot of you know um very negative reaction on social media and stuff fancy that negative reaction on social media but it's just <laughs> no. you know everyone is entitled <laughs> to their opinion and i can appreciate from the outside looking in it looks awful because it's exactly as that blueprint I laid out earlier was. Like those facts remain that we won the title last year, the most unlikely top flight victory probably ever in the history of football, and there ever will be. And nine months later, Ranier is out of a job. But actually, the dynamics have changed so much that in modern continue towards relegation and sign that off as being okay. A lot of the time. And if the owners had wanted to do that, I would have absolutely been 100% behind them. If they'd have wanted to say, yeah, we stick with Claudio no matter what. He won us the title last year. That's the way it's going. But actually, I think if there's any anger to be directed, it's probably more at the players than at Claudio. 
um, Claudio has his, his positives and his negatives, and I'm sure he'd be the first one to to admit that because he's a very humble guy. Mm. But it's more about the fact that there is a lot going on behind the scenes at Leicester City that I don't think people you know appreciate. Like there's been talk this week, uh, you know, whether or not this is true or not, I don't 100% know for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me that there are a group of players who met with the owners this week and said we're not you know we're not confident in Ranieri's ability to manage us anymore now if that is the case or you're getting those vibes at the training ground and these guys see the players week in week out day in day out and interact with them on a daily basis if that has happened or you're seeing that on the training pitch what other option do you have like as much as I appreciate it leaves a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths would you let the club get relegated and everything negative that comes with that, or would you give them a, a shot at 13, a 13 game spell to save their season? Because that's essentially what we need. The clubs around us are improving and we have been abysmal for months. Um, I don't think the severe result helped in the kind of vitriol sense because people love to get very angry about the kind of things that, you know, happen when you get sacked off the back of what is an isolation one good result. That might be the only 90 minutes that a lot of those fans have watched in the last three months of Leicester. So I can completely understand why it looks odd to have sacked a manager that managed to get a 2-1 defeat out of, you know, a ground where Real Madrid had been beaten in the last few months and had their 40-game winning streak brought to an end by a severe team who are all class and have won the Europa League for the last three years. You know, they are undoubtedly one of the best teams in Europe. Now, I can appreciate why that looks odd and I can totally see why people are getting very angry about it. But actually, there's a lot more to it that I think has contributed other than the bare facts of Ranieri isn't doing very well, therefore Ranieri's being set. Um, I think there's a lot more going on outside of that. And, you know, I think in terms of being responsible owners, they've probably made the right choice, which is why I'm not massively upset about it because anyone who's seen a for the last three to six months and watched every game, you know, week in, week out and every minute of every game will appreciate the sheer lack of commitment and the sheer lack of tactical insight and kind of smart decision-making that's happened both from the touchline and on the pitch. And that just can't go on. You, you can't knowingly let yourselves get into a relegation battle and not do anything about it and just say, well, we won the league last year, you know, let's just go down because that's not, that's not the way it works. Um, people in that situation want to try and preserve that top flight status, which is essentially what they've tried to do, although I appreciate it's, it's riled a lot of people up and you know, managers, uh, celebrities, just you know, general fan base has, you know, outside of Leicester has been very, very angry about that and that will happen, but they'll be angry about something else next week. Um, that's the way football works. It's just that Today, Leicester are the flavour of, of the month and they'll bitch and moan about those decisions without actually truly knowing kind of the full, mm. which I'm not going to profess to know. I'm just saying that I have more of an insight perhaps than a lot of those people who are getting very angry about it on social media when I've seen them game in, game out. And actually, there's a bit more to it than just sacked for a series of disappointing results when you're still not in the relegation zone. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you pointed out kind of the outrage merchants because uh, for a lot of people, they were freaking out two weeks ago about how can Arsenal stick by Arsenal? You know, loyalty shouldn't exist in football anymore. It's what have you done for me lately? And then you look at the Leicester situation and you're like, where's the loyalty? You're like, um, yeah. 
it's I mean, impressive that people look, can manage look, both whether, opinions. Whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, modern football has very little loyalty in it, and that's a sad fact. And that's not me being this kind of crass and um, downbeat, deliberately kind of obtuse attitude. That is just modern football. Players will manufacture transfers if they believe they can get a better deal elsewhere. Players will happily up and leave the Premier League for a huge multi-million pound deal in China. Referees will happily up and leave for huge mega money deals in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) And managers will happily take the plaudits when they're doing well and deflect when they're doing badly, um, regardless of what they've achieved. And there is never, there's probably never going to be another Arsene Wenger or Alex Ferguson in the Premier League again. The the thing is, if Arsene Wenger had come in on a two-year or three-year deal and achieved the results that he's achieved in the last few years, he might well have been sacked. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, the guy's built up a legacy of support at Arsenal, who are one of the most patient and understanding clubs in the Premier League. And he essentially has garnered the respect of everyone around him who makes the decisions that he can essentially decide when he wants to leave. He will decide when he leaves Arsenal. No one else will. He's got a two-year extension on the table. If he wants to sign it, he can stay there for another two years without a shadow of doubt. And no one at that club will say a bad word against that decision. The point is that outside of that Arsenal bubble, Man United, look look at Man United. The fact of the matter is, David Moyes probably should have been given more time. Mm -hmm. Louis van Gaal might have been given more time had he achieved slightly better results and they were deemed under par and he won a trophy. So... I'm not, you know, the the world of modern football is forever plagued by this lack of loyalty, whether it be from a player, from the um, board, or from a manager. So it's just one of those things. People just have to get on with it, like, and appreciate that jobs for life are gone now. Like, there'll, there'll never be another 20 year legacy in the Premier League because no one will be able to attain success for such a long time that they're able to keep their job for that amount of time. And if they do, they're probably going to get a bigger offer from one of the world's biggest clubs in Spain or Italy or Germany or wherever anyway, and probably leave for that job if things aren't going quite right at their domestic club. Mm. Um, Mourinho being a a prime example, essentially he's in a similar situation to Ranieri and he was talking about that today. Um, He won the title and was sacked. And I appreciate Chelsea's expectation level compared to Leicester's expectation level is very difficult, but different sorry but ultimately if you're not up to expectations in that particular season and Abramovich is a particularly cutthroat guy then you're going to be out of a job and you enter into a contract with that club knowing full well that that is the situation um anyone going into a, a role at such a club and expecting the loyalty of more than kind of six to seven months of below par performances to be honest is kidding themselves mm. as much as anyone else because that just doesn't exist anymore and that's a sad state of affairs but ultimately that's the world that we're living in and it's driven by money and the kind of aversion to losing that revenue stream and that's that sounds like a dirty word because it's mm. business talk and it's football but ultimately the two are so inextric- inextricably linked now that you can't get away from it. Essentially, if that revenue stream is threatened, someone is going to make a change and you can't sack a squad of 24 players that are underperforming. So the manager is the one that pairs the brunt of it. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point, especially about uh, Arsene Wenger. We did a show, I think it was last year, <clears throat> that was all about loyalty. And my point was, loyalty lasts as long as two parties are at the same level. So when it's Absolutely. at players... 
Because exactly what you said, if you get too good, the people above you will come looking. And if you're not good enough, wherever you are will want to get rid of you. So you, you, yep. you basically travel the same path as long as it suits both of you. But as soon yep. as one party is better than the other, you leave. Arsenal and continue to be a top four club. And Arsene well. Wenger like, is the probably top four managers in the Premier League. So they just stuck together forever. Yep, and it's the same with players. Like yeah. you'll get players who will come up through the ranks and say, "I'm happy at X, Y, and Z club," but that is only true for as long as in in 99 of cases that is only true until a bigger club comes calling and offers to double their wages, and it's that that's just the way the world works. And with various different footballing superpowers now being able to throw bigger piles of cash around than ever before, that's going to keep happening. Yeah. Um, we've seen it with you know the players going to Spain from uh, the Premier League and kind of meaning that we're not able to compete as well on the European stage anymore. Whereas you know in the mid two thousands, Premier League clubs were in the Champions League final every year. You know we haven't had one for a little while, being dominated by Spain and Germany and Italy occasionally. Um, but it's going to keep happening and it will be forever thus. And you're right, until those, you know, while those two trains of loyalty are alongside each other going at the same speed in the same direction, absolutely fine. But as soon as one of those deviates off course, then you're going to have a problem and someone essentially is going to leave the role that they were, you know, presumed to be bulletproof from six months before. And that's just the way the world works, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, uh, and uh, one last note on people that are angry. While it is surprising to external people that Ranieri was sacked and they've taken away his job, they cannot take away his Premier League medal, which no. will be there forever. And I think that's to and, the point of his and standing think, status yeah, at the club. I think he will always have. And I think the, the disappointing thing for a lot of Leicester fans, um, and it's certainly something that I've seen levelled at the club a few times in the last kind of 12, 16 hours since it happened, is the way that it it was a very gracious statement from the owners and they were very complimentary about Claudio, but ultimately the headline is what a lot of people will have, re will have read and they will form an opinion based on that 10 line summary of the situation. Now, mutually agreed termination probably would have been the more suitable way to go about things. I don't know. Maybe Claudio didn't want to go and therefore they were forced to say, well, we're going to ask you to leave. And that's that. And really, there's only one answer you can give to that. Um, but I've seen a lot of people get quite upset over the fact that, you know, he shouldn't have been sacked. It should have been a mutually agreed situation. And yeah, that, that that's probably correct. In, in an ideal world, that is the way people would have probably gone about it. Unfortunately, you know, for whatever reason, it hasn't transpi transpired that way. And that has left a, a kind of sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, I think, because they feel that he deserved better. Um, you know, but from uh, from... The, what I know about Claudio, he'll handle it in the level-headed way that he handles everything. Um, he'll appreciate that it isn't personal. He'll probably have been the first one to hold up his hands and say the results aren't good enough. And ultimately, he's been around long enough to understand that football is what it is. You know, it's not an excuse for the way it, it, it goes about its business sometimes because it's horrible and unfair and kind of unlike almost any other industry, particularly that public. Um, but... It's the world that we live in. And if you get into a managerial situation, you kind of know that a bad six months, no matter what you've achieved in the past few years, could probably, you know, end your career at that particular club. There might be some 
examples where that's not the case. Um, he's a victim of his own success as well. Like if Leicester had and um, stayed up by the skin of their teeth last year and we were 17th now, yeah, he probably wouldn't have a job. Mm. Um, he probably would have a job, sorry, still. But, you know, you can't change the fact that he did so well last year and what that has done is elevated some levels of the club financially to a you know what you would expect of a Premier League regular not a team who are going to be struggling in 17th with 13 games to go interesting I, I really like that point that uh he almost raised the bar too high and he did. And, like, and even myself I showed some bias at the beginning because I said you know how did you tumble down to this point and your point is kind of maybe this is where the club should be in regards yeah. to players and performance and everything. So really the reason it's so striking is because of the heights, not because of the lows. And actually what you need to do is look at it in isolation of this season. The statement from the chairman and from the vice chairman says it all. The expectation this year was to finish it in the Premier League, not to not to win the Premier League again, not to qualify for Europe, not to even achieve a top half finish. The point was to stay, keep the club in the Premier League and there is no one who has watched, well, very few people who've watched us game in, game out, that would be absolutely 100% sure that we were stayed up this year from this situation because all the evidence is contrary to that. There is absolutely no way that you could say categorically that he was going to achieve that season's objective. This season's objective, regardless of what he did last year, the objective was stay in the league and he was not going to keep us in the Premier League. That's plain and simple. And some people might feel that his loyalty, you know, the loyalty to him should dictate that he's able to have that extra leeway and say, do you know what? Yeah, he's earned the right to take his down. But actually, in 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 cold, hard terms, he wasn't achieving what his objectives were this year. And if and unfortunately, you can't carry points over from one season to the next. So it doesn't matter how many points we amassed in 2015-16. It's the 16-17 total that's important. And at the moment, we're going we, to go down. And we would have gone down under Ranieri. That, there's a little doubt. Because the players just weren't performing to a level that were going to keep us up. We probably would have finished bottom because we just wouldn't have got any points. Um, and that would have been a painful experience. But actually, if they'd wanted to go about it that way, then fine. But ultimately, they've made a change based on this season's expectations, which weren't being met. And actually, that's the key point here. It's not about what he's achieved in the past because you can't carry credence for that. It's about this year and the expectations on him that weren't that weren't being delivered. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, that is now in the past. Ranieri is no longer the manager of Leicester City. Uh, now, there are lots of names being bandied about at the moment. Uh, Mancini was the bookie's favorite, at least time I saw last night. Uh, then Frank de Boer has been mentioned. Uh, is there somebody that you, th- you think you'll be bringing in now? It, yeah, it's it's difficult. I think Rania, uh, Mancini is very much on the drift now um, with the bookies because uh, there's there's been a few rumours around today that he's ruled himself out, um, unsurprisingly. Um, the difficulty in appointing someone now is that you need someone, ideally, who is um, well-equipped to keep you in the league, but also garners that brand um awareness that the king power executives will want from an appointment the whole well one of the reasons behind going for Ranieri is that he was a well-known name for what he'd done at Chelsea and he was a kind of a reckoned world beyond you know the immediate English borders um 
And that will very much be the brief, again, I would imagine, to try and find someone who fits that mould of capable of doing the job, but also will be able to champion, you know, and expand the brand through our on-the-pitch exploits, um, which will ultimately benefit the ownership and their kind of organisation. So it's a difficult marriage, really, because you're trying to find someone who's A, available, B, willing to take the job and C, fits that criteria. And at the moment, that's probably a very short list. And obviously, Mancini fitted part of that um, reputation-wise. Um, but if he's not interested, then, you know, you start to look down the list. And I'm just looking at it now. Um, I'll run through the first initial candidates before I, I, I tell you who who I personally have, have, have backed. But Alan Pardew is second favourite with some people. I don't know why you'd appoint someone who was going to take Ooh. Palace down. Um <laughs> That is 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 just bonkers to me. Um, I assume it's just a quick fire. He's available, available Premier League English experience. Manager. Yeah. yeah, available English manager. But actually, the English thing I don't think plays as much of a part as it would do for other clubs. Like the fact of the matter is, we've gone for an Italian manager um, who has really no connection. There's no real issue with kind of the English section of it. Nigel Pearson is second favourite with some bookmakers, which is probably the one thing more nuts than Alan Pardew. Um, his son was involved in a sex tape, for want of a better phrase, with a racial slur against the people of Thailand. Now, <laughs> if you think the club's Thai and coming back after sacking him for that offence, then you drinking the wrong call, essentially. Yeah, you, you've, you've got bigger problems than the fact that you think Nigel Pearson's going to be appointed the Leicester manager. Um, Frank De Boer is there. Gary Rowett is there because he's his managerial stock is quite high in England at the moment because he got sacked um, from Birmingham and they've since gone down to spiral down the championship and he's kind of a young and upcoming manager, which would probably be an ideal appointment if the club was in a bit more of a stable condition. Mm. Um Craig Shakespeare, again, like a lot of people are starting to suggest that Craig Shakespeare, who's the current assistant manager, might be given it till the end of the season. But he's got no first, you know, no first team management experience on that front at that level. So that in itself would be a huge gamble. And I can't see the club going down that route. Um, the person that I would would personally want um, at the moment, and obviously this could change based on um, different candidates and their availability, but Gus Hiddink's list of immediate potential successes. Um, against the likes of Harry Redknapp, Gary Neville, you know, Glenn Hoddle, people in the same kind of area, bookmaker-wise. Hiddink is an experienced coach who has a wealth of um, managerial prowess and has done a similar kind of role at Chelsea a couple of times now. Um, I'm not saying Leicester are on the same level as Chelsea, far from it. Um, We could probably pay a decent wage packet for the next four months but ultimately the most important thing I guess is is finding someone that's capable of keeping us in the league and steady in the ship and he is a very worldly wise experienced manager who has probably got what it takes to get the best out of a group of players um so he would he would be who I would want on, on, on at the moment um but it is a particularly uninspiring candidate list and you know there are a lot of potential appointments if the bookmaker odds are to be believed, which they're probably not in these kind of situations because it's the bookies are largely as clueless as the punters betting on the markets, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not a massively inspiring list. Um, several of the appointments would worry me more than keeping Claudio because 
there would mean changing manager and then going down and being probably worse equipped would be under Ranieri. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think my my backing's firmly behind Hiddink, not that that holds any sway whatsoever. Um, but he's who who I would want um, from from the list of kind of available candidates at the moment. Interesting. Would you want him just on a till the end of the season deal and then yeah, reassess I mean, in the summer? The thing is with Hiddink, I very much doubt that he'd stick around if we got relegated anyway, um, because he is a very, very well-regarded coach who would surely be in demand elsewhere for a probably much better paying gig, um, either in this country or, or beyond. Um, and I also think he's at that stage of his career now where, you know, I think he probably could have, he might well have been able to stay on at Chelsea um, if he'd wanted to. Uh, because the players liked and respected him so much um, and he turned the ship around in such a kind of dramatic way after he came in for Mourinho the second time that I'm sure that there probably would have been a suggestion to him that if he'd wanted to stay, he probably would have been able to. Um, I just think he's in that situation where he probably doesn't want to be tied down for any more than a few months at a time. Um, so if he does fancy being tied down in the East Midlands instead of South West London, um, then you know by all means we'd be delighted to have him. But yeah, it, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of work to be done, I think, before we're able to bring someone like that in. Um, but yeah, for me, it would be a short-term deal, um, and then reassess in the summer and look at the managerial candidates that are available, um, because there might well be people in work at the moment that we'd rather have for the the medium term, um, who just aren't attainable at the moment um, because of the current kind of situation within the season. Fair enough. And uh, I know you don't have a manager yet, but as of this moment, do you think you stay up? Yeah, it's difficult. Um, I'm going to say yes because of the fact that I feel like there's so much more improvement to come out of Leicester than there is almost any other team that are around us in that relegation. Playing so below ourselves for the past three, four months that even a 10% improvement, 15% improvement in our performances would probably mean that we're able to get enough points because there are a lot of bad teams in the league this year. We just need to be the fourth that is going to take a decent amount of improvement, but not an insurmountable amount. Um, so I'd say yes on the proviso that we get a decent manager in um, and we don't appoint someone like Harry Redknapp, um, who, you know, would worry me immensely. Yeah. Well, you're currently exactly fourth worst. So uh, hopefully, yep. I don't want to say hopefully that continues. That sounds so <laughs> negative. Um, we might well be in the relegation zone by the time the new manager is appointed because we play last this weekend um, oh, against Liverpool. So Ooh. that you know, there's a very real chance that somebody has gone above us by Monday night, yeah. um, and there's a very real chance that we get nothing out of that game. So oh, I seem to recall you have a very interesting schedule because then I think you have Hull, which is Hull. relegation, and then Arsenal, yeah, which is top four, and then somebody else again that's in the yeah. We've got fight. a very very tricky fixture list coming up. Um, over the next few weeks. And I think that is probably why part of the reason that Ranieri has been given his marching orders as well, because of the fact that, to be honest, there's only so long you can look at that fixture list and be optimistic about our chances the way they were yeah. playing. Our next few fixtures are Liverpool at home, Hull at home, which is a massive game. The Arsenal game has been postponed because of the, the cup obligations, I oh, think. Right. Then it's severe. Um, in the Champions League, which again is another thread to this that we haven't really discussed, but someone like Hiddink, who's got Champions League experience, is always going to be a plus True. when you're still in the Champions League. Um, then it's West Ham, then Stoke, then Sunderland, then 
So, you know, there are a lot of potentially winnable but pivotal games there where against the likes of Sunderland, Palace, Hull especially, who are right down with you in the scrap. And actually, if we'd have lost one or two of those, it would have almost relegated us, you know, regardless of what had happened elsewhere because they're six pointers and, you know, a team beating you not only is nil points for Leicester, but it's three points for someone else. Right. All right. Uh, well, this went uh, longer than I expected, but I think there's a lot of good information in here and would definitely advise neutrals to listen, although I'm telling people to listen at the very end of a show, which is probably not exactly how that works. Um, but uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Um, if you want to hear more about my Leicester and betting-related opinions, um, you can find me on Twitter at JimKnight88, which is probably the place to tell me that I'm wrong about Claudio as well and that he should have been given the freedom of the city, which I still think he should have been. Um, but, you know, to, to tell me that he should have had an infinite contract and decided when he wanted to leave Wenger style. Um, you can find me on goal.com and Soccerware as well, where I do betting writing for both of those and the chief gaming uh, content officer for Perform, uh, which run a number of those portals. So if you want to read more about the Leicester situation or betting in general, uh, then check goal.com and Soccerware out for, um, for a bit more writing from yours truly. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time out, Jim, and uh, hopefully things improve there for Leicester and you stay up this season. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.